Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. Helena, let's shift gears to the NBA. The LA Clippers just pulled off a remarkable 22-point comeback against the Golden State Warriors. Paul George was the hero of the day, hitting a crucial three-pointer with just under 10 seconds left. That's right, Stephen. And this was a game the Clippers badly needed to win, especially after some recent struggles. Their coach, Ty Lue, called it a gutsy win. And gutsy it was. The Warriors had a commanding lead, even without key players like Andrew Wiggins, Chris Paul, and Gary Payton, too. But the Clippers just kept chipping away at it. They certainly did. And let's not forget, they were staring down the possibility of losing two straight to the Warriors, which would have been a bitter pill to swallow after losing at home to a Denver Nuggets team missing some of their key players. Definitely. But the Clippers managed to turn things around in the second half, holding the Warriors to just 20 points in the fourth quarter. And they did it by limiting Golden State's success from beyond the arc. Right. After Draymond Green's hot start from deep, the Clippers really clamped down defensively. And James Harden, well, he was surprised to learn they had been down by as much as 22. Yeah, he thought it was 18. And he emphasized the need for consistency moving forward. It's been a bit of a roller coaster for the Clippers since they acquired Harden. Indeed, Stephen. The Clippers have been trying to find the right balance with their four stars, Leonard, George, Harden, and Westbrook. It's been a challenge, but there are signs of progress. Absolutely. Their win against Sacramento was a good example of that. But then they had that setback against the Warriors. Right, but they managed to bounce back in a big way. And they did it with a dramatic finish, with Stephen Curry missing a potential game winner. It was a huge win for the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard certainly thought so. He acknowledged the team's struggle for consistency, but also expressed a sense of optimism. The win could be a turning point for the Clippers. Let's hope so. Coach Lou admitted integrating Harden and finding the right balance among the four stars has been difficult, but he seems up for the challenge. It's going to be an interesting journey for the Clippers this season. From professional basketball, we now turn our attention to the college gridiron. This past weekend was filled with intense action, with teams vying for a coveted spot in the college football playoff. Let's delve into the highlights and surprises of the championship weekend. Stephen, let's dive into the whirlwind that was the championship weekend, starting off with Washington's win over Oregon, securing a spot in the college football playoff. Absolutely, Helena. Washington's win was a clean start to the weekend, but then Alabama threw a spanner in the works, defeating Georgia for the SEC title. This has definitely complicated things for the CFP selection committee, hasn't it? Indeed. And let's not forget Texas. They needed a clear win to keep their CFP hopes alive, and boy did they deliver. They absolutely routed Oklahoma State for the Big 12 title. Right, they've certainly made their case. But then there's Michigan. Despite their offense struggling against Iowa's defense, they managed to secure their third straight Big 10 championship and another trip to the CFP semifinals. And let's not forget Florida State. They've had a roller coaster of a season, down to their third QB due to injuries but they still managed to stay unbeaten, even if their ACC championship win wasn't exactly convincing. Yeah, it's been a wild ride for them. But now, all eyes are on the selection committee. 
they've got some tough decisions to make, especially considering how the conference championship games have shaken up the power rankings. Absolutely. Michigan, for instance, secured their third Big Ten championship in a row despite their offense not being as sharp as it was against Ohio State. Their defense, however, was the star of the game, creating three turnovers and limiting Iowa offensively. And then there's Washington. Despite some bumps along the way, they kept winning and managed to beat the Ducks for the second time this season to secure a spot in the college football playoff. Absolutely. It's been a remarkable turnaround for them. Then we have Texas, who made a resounding statement by beating Oklahoma State to claim their first Big 12 championship since 2009. They're leaving the Big 12 on a high note, aren't they? They certainly are. And let's not forget Florida State. Despite the quarterback injuries and a less-than-convincing win in the ACC championship, they've remained unbeaten. It's a testament to their resilience, wouldn't you say? Definitely. But now, we wait for the selection committee to determine the playoff. It's going to be a nail-biting wait for these teams, especially for those on the cusp like Alabama and Georgia. You're right. After Alabama's win over Georgia, the CFP picture has become quite murky. It's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. From the thrilling world of college football, we now transition to some exciting developments in international football. We're shifting our focus from the gridiron to the pitch, where a rising star is about to embark on a new journey in his career. So Helena, our next topic of discussion is a big one in the world of football. Atletico PR's Brazilian forward Vitor Roque is set to join Barcelona in January. Yes, Stephen. An 18-year-old with a promising future, Roque is set to play his last home game against Santos before he heads to Europe. Barcelona secured Roque's transfer back in July for a hefty sum of 40 million euro, with the player signing a seven-year contract. But there's a bit of a snag, isn't there? Indeed there is, Stephen. Barcelona's financial struggles and their failure to comply with La Liga's financial fair play rules have caused some issues with registering new signings over the last two seasons. And Roque's status is also... Right. It's unclear. Initially, they said Roque would move to the club in 2024-25, but now they're trying to bring him in next month. Barcelona coach Xavi Hernandez did mention that bringing Roque in January would be good for the team, but it's still too soon to say how it will pan out. Yes, and with midfielder Gavi suffering a long-term knee injury, Roque's addition could provide some much-needed depth behind 36-year-old forward Robert Lewandowski. Roque's return to action last weekend after an ankle injury was a positive sign. Scoring his first goal since September in the game against Cruzeiro must have been a confidence booster. Absolutely. And let's not forget, Roque comes from the same Cruzeiro Academy that gave us the great Ronaldo Nazario. His record at Atletico is impressive, scoring 28 goals in 80 appearances. He's also the youngest debutant for Brazil since Ronaldo in 1994. That's quite a feat. It's going to be interesting to see how his career unfolds at Barcelona. From the football field to the octagonal ring, we now turn our attention to another sport that's been making headlines. This time, it's not about the athletes, but a decision made by an official that has sparked a wave of controversy and debate. Let's dive into the details. Steven, we have to talk about the recent UFC event, ESPN 52. 
there's been a lot of controversy surrounding referee Kerry Hatley's decision to let Bobby Green take quite a beating from Jolin Turner. Oh, indeed. That fight has sparked a wildfire of criticism. Turner dropped Green in the first round, and it was pretty clear that the fight was over. But Hatley let it continue. Yes, and the social media world exploded, with fighters, media, and fans lashing out at Hatley. Oscar Willis, for instance, expressed shock at the stoppage, and Brian Kelleher simply asked, Hey, ref, are you there? Even Ariel Helwani chimed in, questioning whether Hatley wanted Green to get seriously hurt. The outrage is quite palpable. Sodiq Yusuf even called for Hatley's firing. And let's not forget the reactions from fighters like Gilbert Burns and Dustin Poirier, both calling it a horrible stoppage. And then there's Juliana Pina, who called it the worst stoppage. Right, and it wasn't just the fighters. MMA journalists like Simon Head criticized Hatley for the egregiously slow, late stoppage while commending Turner's win. And Megan Anderson pointed out that Green took way too many extra shots. That's true. And then there's Michael Carroll's stats. Turner landed 15 significant ground strikes leading to his KO win. That's a lot of hits that could have been avoided. And even Green himself responded to the knockout loss on his Instagram story, although he didn't directly address Hatley's decision. But Daniel Cormier had no problem calling it one of the worst stoppages in MMA history. It's clear that this incident has sparked a lot of outrage and debate, and it's not just about this one fight, but it's raising questions about the overall safety and protocols in MMA fights. Absolutely, Helena. It's a conversation that needs to be had. But one thing's for sure. The fight between Jalen Turner and Bobby Green at UFC on ESPN 52 will be remembered for a long time and not for the right reasons.